following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Ladies and gentlemen, America's greatest athlete has done it again. <laughs> Who's America's greatest athlete? Joey Chestnut has once again set another world record today. He's an impressive man. It's not hot dogs. It's chicken fingers for Raising Canes. Ooh. Or as I would say it at Toyton Family Stadium, Raising Canes. <laughs> he ate 44 chicken fingers in five minutes. Oh, shit. Nikes. Wow. And I don't think he's using any of that cane sauce. No, he's not. He's doing the whole dunking. Well, he has cups. I'm guessing there's water in them. It's not. Although, can you imagine a like a 20-ounce cup full of cane sauce? You're just dunking. Oh, God. Did he slam anybody on the ground? No. I, there, oh. there were no protesters Dang it. reported, at least. I haven't seen any videos. That was the whole, the most impressive part of the whole 4th of July is he slammed a guy WWE style or AEW style, or MMA style, <laughs> and then continued on his way to win. It, that was amazing. Wow. That's cool. 44 chicken fingers. Hey, you, you know what today is, right? Yeah. It's Wednesday, mm-hmm. and you know what that means. AEW Dynamite tonight on TBS. Yes. It is Fight for the Fallen. It is Whoa. their annual show where they raise money for charity. Hmm. But other than that, of course, it is... D.Y. Day. Yeah! Derek Young from Case Alini joins us via the Zoom. Uh, D.Y., if you were in an eating contest, what would the food be? Man, that's a good question. Um, man, I can slam pizza pretty well, so that comes to mind, or, or chicken wings. I, I don't tend to the fingers. Was that chicken fingers? Chicken fingers. Kings? Yeah, I don't, that, that seems like a little much. I can probably do some wings. Wings is a good one. Pizza is a strong one as well, but you haven't seen many pizza eating contests. I've heard of them. I don't know if I've ever seen them. Does the crust count, though? Like, do you also eat the crust? Also, I mean, the the slices have to be the same size. You know, when somebody at yeah. a pizza joint is is cutting up your pizza, they're never even. <laughs> no. so, I, you know, I know. The crust, I mean, I don't know if the crust gets included at all. Maybe it does. That, that would make it more difficult. You'd be eating less if you had to take on some monster crust going back to april you certainly chimed in with your thoughts and when we had the fast food draft which was just all over the map uh big steve and and sage were playing by their own rules that day Uh, but i guess that's what you do in those kind of drafts but where does where does canes rank in your uh in your power rankings of chicken joints i mean i don't i don't know i i don't i can't say that i get it a lot i probably get if I'm going to do a chicken place, Chick-fil-A the most, almost probably exclusively. I don't really dig into fast food a whole bunch. i got to watch my figure. I've been saying that for years, and <laughs> the last year I haven't been watching my figure. I need to do a better job. I need to learn what D.Y. does. I need to read his book and be better about myself. All right, D.Y., <laughs> let's jump into the big news. This was actually just announced by K-State. Literally, I mean, we're talking minutes ago is when this news broke. It was a... A name that's been rumored forever. You have been reporting on K State Online that this is going to be the guy. 
Rodney Perry is going to become the third assistant for Coach Jerome Tang here at K-State. So now all the full-time spots are filled. And it has been a little while since we've talked about him, but just to get your thoughts on, uh, even though we have talked about him before, uh, your thoughts on Rodney Perry becoming the uh, last assistant on this team. Yeah, it, I mean, this has kind of been a marathon of sorts, right? This is almost what, four months in the making almost. I think that we were pretty aware that he was going to be the guy as early as April. Um I know Coach Tang got hired at the end of March, and and you know Jareem Dowling and Yurik Malgi got um, announced, but Rodney Perry didn't because I think all sides just felt it best that he fulfilled the rest of his obligations with um, and prior commitments with the associations that he was with at the time. Which that you know at first that was with uh, Link Academy, which was the you know, the high school team that he coaches and they had the Geico nationals where he made the finals. And that's, you know, some of the most illustrious and notorious powerhouse programs that are basically, you know, drafted and loaded with the best high school prospects and his team made the finals. And then he coached the four sessions of AAU basketball as the head coach for Mo can elite, which is, you know, this region's probably at least one of, you know, along with a few others, better AAU programs and though he was probably had far from the most talented squad, they they won the Peach Jam, which is, you know, the championship amongst all Nike Nike sponsored AU programs. So that's saying a lot because there's some really um, heavy loaded teams there. I mean, there's teams with you know three, four, three or four different five star prospects playing together on some of those teams. So it kind of shows his coaching prowess, even if it is at the AU and high school level. And, um, you know, from what I've gathered and I've been able to actually gather more today because I think people are more prepared to speak on the record about it now that it has been announced. And, you know, and some other people become aware that it's, you know, actually unfolding and they reach out and kind of let me know their thoughts about Rodney Perry. And I was thinking you're probably getting some kind of recruiting ace just because he is you know, embedded into the high school and grassroots level of basketball, which he's probably a solid recruiter. But he, I think he's really more well-known for just how good of a coach he is. He's really considered an offensive guru of sorts. To kind of echo what Rob Cassidy said when he, quote, tweeted what you tweeted after it was announced Rodney Perry was going to be the third guy, I mean, he, he is – definitely plugged in when it comes to the big-time high school programs. Mo Can Elite, which is somebody – is it Mo Can Elite? Am I saying that right? Yeah, that's it. So that, that is a AAU club that he founded, and not only did they win the Peach Jam, this, it was this last weekend, right? He's won yeah. that thing three times since he has founded that group. And he, he has been, of course, linked to you know guys in the NBA – that have gone on to have great careers. I mean, Trey Young is an example of somebody he is linked to. Um, so, I mean, he has a pretty impressive resume if you just look at where he's been high school-wise and the guys he's been connected to. Yep, and he has some strong endorsements of of a lot of those guys too. Ty Ty Washington, a one-and-done player from Kentucky. You know, he said last week that Mo Kenny Elite's just an AAU program, but they have a – they have a set or an offensive play for every defense imaginable in the world. So that's a pretty strong endorsement, I think. And you just spoke to it. Trey Young, you know, one of the best players in the NBA. I think he, you know, spouted off, you know, with a tweet of his own a few days ago. I don't have it in front of me, just kind of commending how good of a coach Rodney Perry is and that he's capable of winning a championship 
you know, at any level. So, I mean, it's really impressive the the types of, yeah, I found it. And he's, cause someone said Rodney Perry is the best grassroots coach in America. And there are some really good coaches at this level. And, and Trey Young responded and says, it's not close. Coach Perry will win championships at any level, high level programs and teams are missing out on him. He's about to get another championship today, which he did just watch. And he did. They, they Mo can won the peach jam and, Trey Young has now sponsors his own AU program at the Nike level. It's Team Trey Young, but he played for Mo Candy Leap, so that's kind of the tie-in there. So he has he's a lot of respect for not just his peers, but some of the best players in the game. We're speaking with Derek Young from K-State Online here on the game as we talk Rodney Perry. He becomes a third assistant in the final spot to fill that assistant position. There's three, of course, and Rodney Perry will be the third. Eric Malagy, of course, and Dream Dowling are the other two. Recruiting is, of course, just gigantic right now for K-Statement's basketball. It's where it starts. They've had to do just an absolute ton of it. There was an article from The Athletic that was published today that really documents some behind the scenes. And I'm planning on talking actually about that at 510, that article, and just the impressive things they've been doing behind the scenes to keep things organized and also what they've been doing with recruits. But when you think of this coaching staff and you think of where they have their connections, I mean, Coach Tang has been associated with, of course, Texas, but Louisiana. He has been recruiting heavily in the Wichita area. Uh, if I remember correctly, Dream Dowling, and kind of going off the top of my head here, is like an East Coast guy. Yep. Um, and Malagy, of course, is attached to Texas as well. But where would you say Rodney Perry is the most connected? I think where he's coached, right? I think that's why he was also attracted to Jerome Tang, not for his coaching, just for his coaching prowess or or his connections to the grassroots level of basketball, which is pretty important, obviously. But, you know, he's Missouri, Kansas, and Arkansas. And Coach Tang, you know, he's been pretty well embedded at Sunrise. But Coach Malgin, Coach Dowling, you know, not nearly as embedded in the states of Missouri, Kansas, and Arkansas. Not necessarily that local Midwest guy. I think that's really what, um, you know, Ronnie Perry can provide. And, you know, when you, I, I mean, I definitely dropped this when we first started hearing the name Rodney Perry, which he mentioned this was like four months ago when we first started, three or four months ago. I'm thinking, oh, I mean, this is an AAU guy, Lincoln, uh, Lincoln uh, in Branson, Missouri. I'm like, heck, maybe uh, Coach Tank's thinking, this guy's a good coach. Maybe we could bring some guys with him. Just so happened 19 hours ago, there is a recruit that uh, – that he is associated with, and a player in Trey Green who announced 19 hours ago he's received an offer from K-State. So I don't know if that's the biggest goal to, like, hey, maybe you can bring some guys in. We're going to have some elite success already with him as uh, joining up with K-State. But uh, is is there anybody else linked? Is it just Ch- Trey Green that we've heard of that it would be linked to uh, Rodney Perry? I keep saying Link, Link Academy in, in Branson. Yeah. But is he the only one that we could really say? Because I know there were some in 2022 that just didn't work out. Yeah, well, in 23, there was Omaha Ballou, Yeah, I think played for both, and he just committed to Iowa State, but he's originally from Ames, and then Julian Phillips was a 22 that committed to Tennessee, but flirted with the potential of visiting Kansas State. Um, you know, we'll see if anything kind of comes to fruition with Cameron Carr. Mm. Um, that, that could be an interesting one. Whoa. He plays he plays for Mocan Elite as well, so... Um, I think he's a division with talent and um, and someone with probably some upside just because of his length and, and size. So it'll be interesting how how that relationship maybe 
flourishes, if at all. I think that might be one they at least kick the tires on and maybe do more. We'll see. That is very interesting. Cameron Carr. I mean, that should that should be a name some folks around here recognize. I mean, he played for Benji George at Manhattan High his sophomore year at the varsity level and was pretty good. Um, and was hoping, you know, of course, Chrissy ends up transferring. He's the, he's the brother of Chrissy Carr, who played you know, multiple years at K-State and ended up transferring to Syracuse. So, And, of, and of course, uh, Chris Carr coached for K-State women's basketball as an assistant for a while as well. So that, yeah, that's definitely a name that definitely will uh, catch a lot of people's attention with uh, maybe down the road. We'll see if that does uh, become a relationship that blooms down the road. All right, D.Y., let's take our first break. When we come back, we will touch more on K-State hoops, including the name we talked about last week that we didn't get to officially confirm about the commitment, maybe another name as well, taking a visit this week. You're listening to The Game on KMAN. Travion Berkland playing some Mike Jack as we return. I'm Mitch Fortner. Across from me is David G. And on the Zoom, we have Derek Young from K-State Online. We continue to talk about uh, K-State Hoops. We just talked about Rodney Perry becoming the third assistant for Coach Tang's staff for this upcoming season. But meanwhile, we, uh, we, we, try to, we try to fill time as much as we possibly could. But Day-Day Ames, just a few minutes after you unplugged the, um, the internet there, D.Y., when you're connected with us talking Day-Day Ames, he committed to the Cats. Um, you right before we hung up did talk about skill wise how good he is. Kind of reminded me of when I was watching his film, like a running back when he is he's chopping and you don't know if he's going to go right, he's going to go left. He's a lefty, very talented, getting to the hoop. He does have great speed and ball handling. Um, a great start for the Cats in its 2023 class. But I'm sure it's like if you're thinking like from the coaching staff standpoint, you hope this is a training reaction like. Other recruits will see, hmm, the 46th guy in the country, 46th ranked guy in the country, pick K-State. Maybe there's somewhere I should be interested in, right? Yeah, I, I think that's that's part of the, the appeal of landing someone of that nature, but I think they just think he's a really good basketball player too. So it's a little bit twofold, and you like the momentum of how this is unfolding. They have R.J. Jones visiting here in about a week too. And he's a four-star guard as well from the state of Texas that is can really fill it up. He's he's a shooter, um, even more of a shooter than Day Day Ames. So and, and Ames is probably one of the more pure type ball handlers that I've seen Kansas State land in some time. And and if you take that recruiting ranking, I think we probably touched on it that's to some extent last week. I think he's the the highest ranked commit um since Wally Judge was um picked the Wildcat. So uh obviously with that being Jerome Tang's first high school commit of his first full high school staff or class at Kansas State, uh, it's a pretty strong endorsement for the new head coach in Manhattan. Yeah, you're right. It is the highest ranked kid according to rivals uh to uh pick the cats. Wally Judge was yeah, the latest and that was in 2009. Um, and uh, if you go back as far as rivals can go, uh, which is, well, from what I understand, 98, he would be the sixth highest uh, recruit in, in the uh, last two and a half decades to, uh, to pick the Wildcats. But no, that is uh, really exciting. You mentioned R.J. Jones. That was going to be my uh, next topic on hoops. And I, you corrected me before I even got to say I misspoke. I was like, I said this week he's going to visit. You know, it's not until next week, a four-star guard 
out of uh, out of Texas, but isn't he already committed to Cal? I don't think he's committed. Mm, maybe I misread things, but it looked like he had been already committed somewhere, but maybe not. But um, he, he's not a top 50 kid, but he's ranked in the 70s, right? So still really talented as a guard. Yeah, he's uncommitted. I just checked to make sure. Okay. You, kinda, you kinda scared me there. He's the number seventy one player in the country, plays for uh Pope John Paul II High School in Plano, Texas. J uh JL three elites his AU program, and we saw them a few different times. They were also on the Nike circuit, just like they did Ames, and um I think they made it to the Peach Jam as well. But he's just an, an a really good scorer, really good shooter of the basketball. I'm an idiot. So <laughs> there is there is an RJ Jones. I <laughs> I should have specified when I Googled basketball, not football. Because there when I did a quick by that name? Well, yes, I did a quick search right, right before the segment and I pulled up just RJ Jones and I saw a four star kid and you know, highly ranked and he, he he was committed to Cal. But this is a football player, not a basketball player. I'm an idiot. Things happen sometimes. And and you you worried me because this RJ Jones, a four star basketball player, number seventy one player in the country for the twenty three class. And the interesting thing is he already took an official visit to Cal. So I was like, Oh man, did I miss something? <laughs> well, how how tall is RJ Jones basketball? He is uh, 6'3". Okay, this R.J. Jones six 6'1". So I was trying to think, is there something else I saw that maybe confused me? But uh, now there you go. Congratulations, R.J. Jones in football uh, going to Cal. Uh, big, it's a big deal. Good for him. Does, is he – where else? A lot of, lot of Pac-12 offers. He had a Baylor offer there on the table. KU wanted this. Are we this about the football players? Yeah, still the football one. Yeah, yeah it is. But, uh, what, what class? Is it 23? No, it's 22. Oh, so no, it is. I'm there. sorry. Class of 23. That was another thing. Class of 23. He verbally committed uh, about five months ago. Get it right. Sorry, let me I, get get it right, man. Like what? Well, what what year? Who are we talking about? Come on, Mitch. Oh, he's a safety from California. Okay. Yeah, safety. Looking um, good. Any other comparisons other than a four star? Well, I no. I, well, some of the teams involved are similar. They, I tell you what, I was on the basketball one. I got them both up. They are not the same person. They, they no. look very, very much different. I'll do better, D.Y., I promise, <laughs> one of these days. Uh, let's uh, – we got about five-ish minutes left, D.Y., so I did want to jump over to football real quick. Uh, I really wanted to talk to you about your list of most important KSU players. Let's do it. Uh, for, for 2022. Uh, so it, was that in any particular order? Or just list guys. Uh, I guess I just my take on the level of importance. Obviously, at Adrian Martinez, number one, um, quarterback's the most important position. And you know, if they hadn't landed a quality off-season um, quarterback, you know, through the transfer portal, I don't think that the level of expectations and hype, and even the national buzzworthiness that Kansas State has received, would be as robust as it is. So I think that a lot of it had to do that they were able to, I guess, recover a little bit from losing Skylar Thompson and finding another proven quarterback with a, with a very great pedigree, even if there is some flaws in his game that have kind of reared its head in the last few years in Lincoln when he played for Nebraska. And then I do second. Obviously, I think those two are pretty interchangeable um, because without Deuce Vaughn at the skill position, because there's a pretty wide gap 
at the skill positions for Kansas State between Deuce and, and the next Wildcat. Without Deuce, you, you you probably have a handful of less wins than than you probably uh, ended up grabbing in the last couple of years. I, I don't know that there is an argument for anyone else other than those two, at least to be in the one-two. You could probably interchange them a little bit depending on what you are prioritizing, but those, that has to be number one and number two in some way. Yeah, I definitely Adrian Martinez. I'll, I'll do a list, like my own list at some, at some point in August as we really get into like the preview of K-State football weeks. Adrian Martinez is definitely my number one. I mean, it's, I mean, he is the quarterback, and you, you he's definitely got to clean up the turnover issues, and if he does that, you feel like K-State has – uh, a really good opportunity to go a long ways this season, but I'm I'm also three names I wanted to bring up, and I'm glad you included them because I think it's it's pretty big that they have some solid years, uh, especially with the continuation of Nate Matlack, how we saw him blossom mm-hmm. in the second half of the season. He had three sacks in conference play. I think he could be pretty big this year. Uh, with with of course you know Felix Andy DK Uzama steals all the spotlight. I'm hoping Nate Matlack could get a little bit of that as well. TJ Smith is crucial in the secondary and the, at the safety position with all they're replacing, and it's, it is a question mark, no doubt about it. And also RJ Garcia, that is a huge one from all the buzz we've been hearing about him at wide receiver. And it's also been a few years where we've seen a new guy on the block or a newish guy come in and really make an impact at the wide receiver position. It's just been the same couple of guys the last few years with the addition of a handful of guys, but they're not making the biggest impact. It's a couple of hundred yards for the season. Yeah, and not that he can't improve, but we've seen Malik Moles now for three or four years. We've And Phil Brooks is definitely an underrated player, but he probably lacks some explosiveness in terms of being a home run hitter of sorts or or someone that's going to get huge chunks of yardage, you know, at a at a regular clip. Malik can be that guy. He's just a little he's been inconsistent for the you know a majority of his career. So, you know, I mentioned the, there being a big gap between these five and the next skill position player. And if the hype around RJ Garcia is real, then maybe they can find a little bit of another answer outside of Deuce Vaughn. And if RJ Garcia does live up to the hype you know he creates more space for deuce bond for philip brooks and for malik Knowles. in terms of nate matlack some of it is to take the pressure off of felix and dk uzama i think nate matlack is can be he might be as talented as felix and dk uzama i'm not saying he's going to have the numbers or be as good but he's probably just as talented and i know that's saying a lot but i don't think that's hyperbole he really came on late last year, and I think he's going to play a lot this year and has a chance to probably be the team's breakout performer. And, and if there is a lot of attention on Felix, then and then Nate can have a really big year if he um, is ready for that spotlight. And, and with TJ Smith, you have a lot of newcomers at safety that haven't been in the system that, that are still pretty new to Kansas State, whether it be Drake Cheatham, Josh Hayes, um, Kobe Savage, those are all new faces. TJ Smith's been playing for Kansas State for two years, so mm-hmm. it's time for that light bulb to come on and for him to be one of the answers at safety, which Chris Kleiman and, and I agreed called you know probably the main question mark for the Wildcats entering the 2022 season. Yeah, TJ Smith not only has been here a couple of years, he's been a starter. I mean, he started double-digit games uh, since uh, – um, since he's been here in Manhattan starting in the 2020 season. All right, D.Y., we got about a minute and a half. I did want to ask you because I saw your uh, your 
uh, in the group chat is where I saw it because you made the comment about student sections in that big game boomer list. I, I enjoy the list. I, I love looking at them. I think it's fun, mm-hmm. uh, even though a lot of people like to disagree about them. Had K-State best uh, student section in the country. Where, where's been the most impressive student section that you've seen across the, the crunch uh, cost of the country? Across the country? Well, in the Big 12, and, and I know they, they have some you know, artificial noisemakers, but Oklahoma State, I think, yeah. is probably one of the better ones I've seen in the Big 12. Their basketball one is pretty poor, but their football one is impressive, in my in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about that. I, I've always thought they have Baylor pretty high, but I we haven't really been exposed to that. TCU's not. There has Texas Tech's probably going to be pretty good going forward because there's a lot of you know, jazzed up people about that program right now, but it's never been good when we've been there. Texas barely had anyone there last year for Black Friday um, in the student section. So in the Big 12, K-State and Oklahoma State come to mind for me. I've never been to West Virginia. This will be my first season. I've been to almost every place in the Big 10. I know a lot of people like to say Wisconsin for a student section. I don't. They show up so late. they I went to Wisconsin twice, and, and the first one, the, the students didn't show up really – until five minutes left in the second quarter, and another time was wow. even later than that. So um, the two best student sections I've seen in the Big Ten have been Penn State and Michigan State. Derek Young, that's all I got for you. Appreciate your time. Hope to talk to you next week. Absolutely. See you then. That is Derek Young from K-State Online. Go check out kstateonline.com. They're basically giving the stuff away, and they are pumping out the content. They never stop. And D.Y. is the head of that that army yeah. of K-State knowledge. When we come back, we got a full hour, too, including we're going to go to that athletic article I talked about, a deeper behind-the-scenes look of K-State basketball recruiting. Hour 2 of the game is up next. Also, your local news. You're listening to News Radio KMAN. Now back to the game with Mitch Fortner, David G., and Troy Coverdale. I recognize the song, but who's it by Travion? Dr. Dre. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The Chronic 2001, man. What's the difference between me and you? About five bacon counts, three ounces, and two vehicles. I thought you were about to say five bacon cheeseburgers. Five bacon cheeseburgers, three ounces, and two vehicles. That'd be awesome. That's the Fat Boys version. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, you're right, man. You're cooler than me. God, you have five bacon cheeseburgers? Can I have one, please? This is a banger. This whole album was, when I was in school, this was it. This is what everybody played at every party, no matter what. And you heard heard the whole thing, one through 16. And it was, that was it, man. What year did you graduate high school? 2002. So even though it's, uh, it's titled 2001, the album, it came out in 99. Mm -hmm. So you're going to parties when you're a freshman or sophomore and... Yeah, yeah. I was buying beer for people when I was a freshman in high school. Yeah, you had a beer hookup that young. I, I was the beer hookup when I was that young. Well, Did you I, just I, look I, old? I look just like I do right now. Yeah. If anybody's listening that remembers from high school, I looked just like this in high school. So I'd go to I'd go to liquor stores here in Manhattan, and I would buy beer. And I remember one time I came out. I won't say his name, but a coach 
was like coming right. He was like coming oh out, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And he didn't notice me. And I was like, Duh! And I beelined it for the car, and I was like, "That's it! I'm not doing. Oh, that's it! I'm done! I'm done!" And everybody's like, "You can't be done. Are you serious? No." Yeah, I was the hookup holler if you hear me. But yeah, that album was when I was a sophomore. Was age two thousand? Oh man, everybody bumped that one. Okay, so. See, I can see how that would work out because if you just go, keep going to the same place and there's that one clerk that has let you buy before, they remember you, be like, oh, yeah, you're, you're good. Yeah. And but how old were you the first time you pulled that off? So, 15. The first time you're I ever kidding. bought The first time I ever bought beer in Manhattan, I was 15 years old. What yeah. did you buy? Uh, you Keystone Light 30 pack. Oh, yes, of yeah. course. So, we, I rolled in there. The liquor store is no longer here, so I can. I can it, it was. On 4th Street, and now, if you can imagine, like, where it's at, it is now a parking lot. It's it's over by the Discovery Center, kind of. Okay. There was a little tiny liquor store over there, and I rolled in, and it's all about confidence. If you just walk in, hey, what's happening? How you doing? Yep, no, no, very good. Looking good out here in this world. Set the thing on top, you pull the money out, and you just hand it to them. Most of the time... Back then, no one was, nobody cared. But it's funny because I used to buy beer, like consistently would buy beer as a kid, 15 years old. I'd buy beer. Then I got a job at the fridge years later, and that was like our number one game was busting people's asses with (laughs) fake IDs. Man, we were bulldogs. We were pit bulls on that just ganking them from people go uh-uh that's fake fool no it isn't like yeah it is wait so oh. okay so i i've i've witnessed a bouncer uh-huh it was the younger brother of a friend from high school and we hardly knew each other but we knew who each other was and he was getting busted and like the bouncer who was a football player at the time won't say the name was holding on the ID and waiting for the cops to get there. Like, they had called the cops over to come bust this kid. And I go up to the football player, and this is probably 2014. Mm-hmm. And I go up to the – I was like, hey, man, I know this kid. He's a really good kid. He messed up. He's never been in trouble before. He, he has already learned his lesson. And the, the football player just kind of looked at me and goes, just get out of here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what is what is that one tell that you know it's a fake ID? It's a is, is there? Some, is, I see him all the time too. What, yeah, how, you, how can you tell? Like what? So what tells you that the it's pictures fake? are weird? Yeah, and the cards are like way more plasticky uh-huh. than like regular cards, uh, and uh, like the it's always like oh I'm from. Alaska, you know, yeah. and you're like, so you're 18 years old in Kansas from Alaska. When I was when I was at the fridge, the big ones were um, Missouri and Iowa and Illinois were the big ones that they could easily fake. Kansas, you cannot fake a Kansas ID. If someone has a, a Kansas ID, it's got that turtle in there, right? It's theirs. It's, it's it's a real one, but it's someone else's. So my thing is like, you go to a website. What's a website that you hit every day? No matter what, 100% every K-State day. Online. K-State Online. So if you went to K-State Online every day, and then out of the blue, I threw in a K-State Online, the homepage of that, 
was just that little different. Like the font was a little different and the color was still the same color, but it was just a bit off. After seeing it every day, all day, every day, all day, when you when the when a different one comes across, you go, this just doesn't look right. And then you start comparing them. And then there's a handy dandy little book that the, the state hands out and they you can compare it to them. And that was also a thing was if you compared it to and you were checking it out and you kind of glance over and look at that person, if they're like really hawked in on you, they're probably it's probably fake. Hmm. But me, if somebody's like, I don't know if this is fake, I'd be like, go ahead, call the cops. I don't care. But the kids are so weary about the cops being called. Right. Um, but yeah, the it's a lose lose for them. It is. The IDs have to be a little bit off. They can't be point blank. There has to be some kinds of things. On the back of a lot of them, there's a barcode that you can scan up or scan on an ID. A lot of times the barcode is spaced out more than it is on a real. Like a real one, the barcode is really pushed in. But the barcode will be spaced out on a fake one. Didn't bring my wallet in here. I was going to look at my ID. So if you I – th- I think I have mine. Yeah. So you see how the barcode – they're, it's like close together. Yeah, like right up at the top. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this real barcode small. on a, if this was a fake one, it'd we'll be like t- real fat. It's real fat weird. and real spaced out. And that's mm. how you know it's a fake. And a lot of times you're right. Sometimes you pull one and it's not, and the guy will sit and wait for the cops. And then you're like, as that person sitting there waiting for the cops, kind of like somebody else would go, this is probably real. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't stick around if the cops were coming and I'd take off. But. Um, and a lot of fake IDs now, those those barcodes in the back, they will scan like a real ID will. So you're like, well, that's what I feel like I end up with, even though if I'm like, we, like I think it's fake. I'm like, well, I mean, it's scanned. What can I do? Well, it'll scan and it'll scan, uh, scan an address. Sometimes just Google the address. We, we scanned an uh, Illinois one. An address came up and my boss was like, wait a minute. And he Googled it. It was Wrigley Field. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, get out of here, pal. Be like, whoa, you live at Wrigley Field? Yeah, dude, that's pretty rad, man. How's that work out, man? You get free tickets or whatever? It's. Do you know Sammy Sosa? You know (laughs) Sammy? Yeah, yeah. He's my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, Mr. Sosa, sir, come on through. Yeah. It was. That was the whole thing at the at the fridge was who could pull the most IDs because they they got a lot we we got a lot of fake IDs a ton so if you caught him you could just keep him uh huh you say nah I'm, we're we're keeping way to ruin a kid's night absolutely that stunk but they always got two or three at a time but really oh yeah that's what you buy when you buy a fake ID you get three I don't know thing a thing about. Uh, yeah. Fake IDs. I never got one. I didn't even have a connection for one. Yeah. I, I didn't have no idea where I would go. Hey, kids out there, if you're trying to get fake IDs, get you three at a time. That way, if you won't burn one at the fridge or the bars, you still got two backups, baby. But when I was like, I did not need any fake IDs. I needed my 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 chops. I needed to not shave that day, and I was buying beers for seniors. Here you go, thirty pack, and they'd be like slack job. That I mean, you you cemented yourself at that time as a 15, 16 year old as a cool kid. As a cool, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you were oh, popular yeah. because you could p- supply yeah. the beer. Yeah, and they would in turn they put up with a lot of stupid, weird stuff that I was saying and doing. They're like, well, we kind of have to put up with him because he's buying the beer. They're like, ah, oh, very funny. I, I've been around you when you've had a few pop. You remember yeah. that one time we went out? Uh, it was when Sean Rock 
mm-hmm. and Drusifer, K Rock. Mm-hmm. And I'd only been there for a couple of years, but they were getting ready to leave. They were yes. getting ready to move to uh, Colorado. Yes. They're at Kilo now, or at least Sean is, uh, Colorado Springs. And you were out with us, or you like joined up with us. Yes. And it was Drusifer, Sean, myself, my girlfriend at the time, and you. We went out for breakfast. Yeah. And there was that table next to us that was getting so sick of you. Yeah, I know. You remember that? Yeah. Because you were so loud <laughs> and a little bit obnoxious. I was being obnoxious. But you yeah. were laughing a ton. And yeah. like the guy would the guy at the other table would start saying something and then you would pop off and say something. Yeah. I'm like, we're about to see hash frown- hash browns go across this diner. <laughs> I do remember that because I was like, really, I really wanted to impress Sean and, and <laughs> Drusifer. I really wanted to be cool. And then, yeah, I was just yucking it up, and those guys weren't having it at all. They did not like that. But that's happened to me so many times. I'm just, I was going to say, whatever. Was that 15-year-old? That was definitely. DG. DG as oh, 15 to now. <laughs> I, I don't care. I'm having a good time. And I'm not, like, hurting anybody. So as long as I'm not hurting or destroying anything, so I'm being loud. Hey, guess what? It was Bob's Diner at 2.47 a.m. on a Saturday night. My bad. Sorry for partying. Why don't you go stand out in the alley? I'll meet you out there. Then I go the other door and leave, baby. Leave him standing in the alley ready to fight. That was always a good one. Have you ever been in a fight now? <laughs> Have I ever been in a fight? I was I, a, I, listen, going back to the fake IDs, yeah, yeah. buying beer at 16 years old, fights, I understand. Like, I was dealt a bad hand where I'm short. I look young. When I when I shave, I still look young. You do. You have a baby um, face. There's yes. no way I could get away with it. There, sure. I had no chance in hell. Fake ID, whatever. I had no shot at that kind of stuff. Right. I just had to play the hand I was dealt and don't take those dumb risks because it's not worth it. I know I'm going to get caught. Sure. But you've had those opportunities. And fighting, like, there's no way I'm going to go kick somebody's butt. Yeah. It's just not going yeah. to happen. I was a bouncer for two and a half years. So I got in a oh, lot. okay. Yeah, so, a, yeah, of course. The the hardest the hardest anybody ever hit me as a bouncer, Um, it was 7 o'clock. I had just, like, showed up, clocked in. Um, it, it's Tubby's now, but it was Joe's Tap Room back then. I go to the dance side, walk over there, and what do you know? These two girls are scrapping at 7 o'clock in the night. I'm like, oh, my God. So I walk over. I'm like, stop, stop, stop. And I kind of got in the middle of them, which is a bad idea, number one. And then this gal that was behind me, she tried to swing around me to punch the other girl, and she hit me right in the jaw. That, ha- that happened to me one time. Not exactly that, but a similar story in Concordia oh. where I, I was trying to break up a fight. Yes. A girl that was kind of in our group was uh, was getting in a fight. We are trying to get in between them, and all of a sudden I get cold cocked from mm-hmm. uh, the blind side, and mm-hmm. I uh, – I didn't get knocked to the ground. I right. will say that, but right. I, you know, it hurts. It did bump me up against the ropes. Yeah, it hurts. It's not. It's not good. And you know what's funny is women aren't there. Like guys, it's more about puffing your chest out, looking tough for your boys and the girl, women that are there, and not backing down. It's all about what, bro, what up, bro? What's up, bro? What's up, bro? And bumping chest and huh, huh? Come on, bro! I'll fight you right now, bro. Break it up, break it up. Okay, fine. 
Women are there. If you if you if you mess up and you make me mad, we're gonna fight right now. Women throw down, man. They don't give a crap, and it's not about impressing anybody. It's about whipping you so bad. And yeah, this girl punched me directly <laughs> in the jaw, and everybody said I got beat up by a girl. And that was the rumor that some gal beat me up. And I was like, well, I did get clocked hard in the mouth, but yeah, I got in a lot of fights as a bouncer. Guys pulling knives and stuff. That's when I was like, I gotta, I don't make any money. <laughs> I don't make any money here. And tips. the guy trying to pull the knife? I'm leaving. All my tips, all the tip money would go towards the no tab list. If you work at a bar, you could tab your drinks. So what would happen is you would tab $200 worth of drinks and they go, well, guess what? You're not getting a paycheck. Plus, you're on the no tab list. You can't tab any drinks until you pay this off. And mm. it would take you forever to get off of there. So then you pay your like tips towards the no tab, and then you'd be like, I'm not making any money at all. I don't make hardly anything here. At the end of the night, they give you 20 bucks. And you're like, dude, I put a guy in a headlock tonight. I should I should get 50 bucks for just that, man. But, oh my God. That was that was a good time. Yeah. The wildest fight I ever saw in Aggieville was actually in the Chipotle parking lot. It was after hours. Ooh. Everybody's starting to walk home. And all of a sudden, like 10 or 12 people in this parking lot just all start fighting each other. <laughs> it was why It came out of nowhere, too, because a friend and I were just walking by, and things just seemed cool. And all of a sudden, you hear the, the scraping of gravel and uh-huh. that noise with the feet and yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all, these 12 people are all fighting each other. Uh-huh. Like It was definitely like a... It was like a 12-man tag team match. <laughs> Battle Royale. And it was wild. I was like, oh, my God. Whoa. And then all of a sudden you hear, RCPD. It, like, guys are running. Like, there's like four cops running over to oh. break this up. One guy starts sprinting, running eastbound down that alleyway. Oof. I was like, man, that, that was entertainment. That's cool. You're like, ah, right, we had a good night. I was like, Vince McMahon couldn't produce mm-hmm. something like that. Oh, I have. I know a guy that played football at K-State. I, I can say that. He, he hasn't been here in 50 years. What? Oh, 50 years? I mean, not 50 years, but I'll say this was in 2005 or six. So I was like newly 21. Um, and the, I, I don't know. Did they play? Yes. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, we probably shouldn't. This guy was a highly touted transfer. I'm dying to know, though. Highly touted transfer from the West Coast. Okay. Linebacker. Okay. <laughs> and he was so cool. He was so nice. And he was there to party like all the time. And he's, he's a good guy. And he, him and a buddy of his beat up like six people. It was awesome. It was really fun to watch somebody throw a punch and have a guy get hit the ground immediately. Were they provoked? The, the, the football players? In a way. As in, there was something that happened in their vicinity and they were like cool and just started hitting people. So the two oh, people Jesus. the two people yeah, that, let's not mention the names. The two people that were fighting happened you know like in the cartoons when there's like the circle yeah, the, of people going <laughs> they what they did was they happened to bump into two larger individuals who were like, that sounds like fun and just started beating people. Wah, wah, all these guys are falling and then he looked at me and he was like, uh, he got a bit of face. And I was like, I'm not going to throw you. I'm not going to get beat up. And he's like, see ya. And ran out the door. It was awesome. He turns was, around and he goes, you look 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. I'm 15. I'm 15. What are you doing I'm here? 15. You I'm 15. I'm <laughs> Please don't hit me. I'm 15. I got the, I did, I did the old, oh God. And 
helped the people on the ground and they took off and it was awesome. Quick flashback to the high school thing. How tall were you when you were 15 by a mirror? Six one, six really? Three. Yeah, that yeah. helps too. I right? was tall. Yeah, I looked exactly like now I do now, just you know, a little younger. But how are you not a D one athlete? <laughs> I thought I was. I thought I was gonna be, and then I got an opportunity to ball boy for K State. Oh, you know when you're a um, K State has the guys in the green shirts or the ball boys, right? And those are Manhattan High football players. And they every year the seniors pick a few guys, and then they pick two juniors to do it. I got picked to do it as a junior. And so that was it. My junior year, I knew I, that I, I was just not – I wasn't big enough. When I went to Hutch, I was one of the smaller guys on the line. They were like, you're going to – either you're going to take steroids or you're going to have to learn how to cut people. And I was like, <laughs> I don't have any money, so I guess I'll just cut people. That was the first time I ever cut anybody in my entire life. Was at Hutchinson. I, I had never thrown a cut block in my whole life, and they're like, "Really? Yeah, never." You've, I mean, when I was in junior high, I was cut blocking guys in seventh grade. Well, when you're bigger than everybody, you don't need. I didn't need to cut block anybody. I could reach everyone. Um, I was always long, and so I could reach people. I was big and strong, and I didn't need to cut anybody. I was always there. But in college, not only. Was I smaller? But those guys were faster than I am. A cut block many times is because you're you're trying to get to you're trying to get an angle to a space quickly, mm-hmm. as fast as you can. And so many times, the best angle to take is just a cut block because you're trying to get like a linebacker, strong safety, something like that, at an angle and a at a space. And so in high school, everything's a step or two slower. But even at that small step up, a JUCO. Man, people were fast. As they a D lineman, oh, I hated getting cut blocked. No. Oh, I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. Not good. And I wasn't like a big guy, like if I landed on him, it wasn't going to squish him or anything. It was right. like, you know, I just, well, I'm out for this play. <laughs> Screw you, guy. All right. I, I promised we would talk about this athletics article by CJ Moore about Coach Tang, and we yeah. got a little bit more behind the scenes. On K-State recruiting, there were a couple of things I loved. Yeah. And also, one thing I was like, how was that even possible? How do you do this? I, crazy. Big numbers. All right. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the game. We continue with the game. Mitch Fortner, David G, giving the stink eye to Travion Burke. What is this Travion? Lil Nas X. Ooh. <laughs> when he was still trying to ride that um, country <laughs> wave. This Mitch. song's kind of a banger, though. Cardi B's is on it, it I too. Don't, I, don't, I, know one, I know two Lil Nas X songs. He is a, he's a controversial guy. People, go, you bring up Little Nas X, I go, whoa! That, uh, the devil! That, that performance he put on for that grade school is one of the best live performances I've ever seen. Which one is it? I, I haven't, haven't seen, seen that. They, oh, you've never seen uh, Old Town Road when he's performing for kids? No. At this grade school? <laughs> the kids are going nuts. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Travion, go uh, pull that up on YouTube. Uh, pull that up. You can play it for us here in just a second. Uh, but I did want to talk about. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we might we might throw that in. You can kill the music too. But we might throw that in with number one song of the day. Uh, but I did want to get to C.J. Moore's article from the Athletic. Uh, it's a subscription for the Athletic to see this uh, 
uh, to see this article, so I'm sure you know not everybody will read it. So I did want to pass this along uh, because he spent some time actually with the K-State men's basketball team going into meetings, just checking out the facilities, went out to uh, the chef with Coach Tang and, and talked about you know mapping out the, hmm. the goals for K-State men's basketball. So he, that was like the beginning of the article, brought up the chef, they're out to brunch, they're uh, and he's like, you know, just two guys sitting at a table, relaxed, with a tape recorder, and uh, bystanders have no <laughs> idea what's going on. I saw that. I'm like, dude, everybody in that restaurant knows what's going on. Come on. They all saw this new basketball coach walk in. I would say 80% of the people in there know who he is. Mm-hmm. And um, The old, that's yeah. In the article, C.J. Moore is like, uh, he's like the one of the cooks like stepped out the door and said, good luck, coach. Like, people know. They had an idea of what was going on. Like, Dude. they through everybody's peripherals. Sure. Everybody's looking at Coach Tang. Come on. What is it with people, national writers, wanting to paint a picture of everybody as a yokel? Like, no one has the internet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. Coach Tang was a big deal. To get him was a huge deal. We know who the guy. We're I, not gonna. We're not gonna bust his chops when he's eating. But I, come I, on. I bet he phrased it that way because not everybody was walking up to Coach Tang's table asking for an autograph or a picture. Yeah, like he was being left alone. Mm-hmm. That type of thing. We're cool here. Yeah, we're like. Yep, eight beside Coach Tang, uh, Coach Snyder. So I'm at the uh, the uh, yeah. So I'm at the post office. That was cool. Like it was that story I remember reading about Patrick Mahomes. He and Brittany went out to to dinner at some pizza place. They walked in. Everybody knew Patrick Mahomes was in that restaurant, but he was left alone. And then when he got up and left, like he started getting applause and stuff. Yeah, like, dude, that's how I don't we know roll. He, yeah, I don't know if he took care of the bill or anything from a lot of people in there or whatever Ooh. happened, but I mean, people were just like chill about him being in there. Didn't yeah. make it a huge deal that Patrick Mahomes was in their restaurant. That's how we roll, son. All right. And he also mentioned in the article they had breakfast quesadillas. I have never had a breakfast quesadilla, but when I saw those two words together, I'm like, I kind of need one tonight. Whoa. That sounds amazing wow. because I like extra cheese in my quesadilla. I usually go like if I can get one somewhere like as like they listed as an appetizer. I'll get that as the entree. I love a good quesadilla, steak or chicken quesadilla. Ooh. I got a lot hungrier and I'm two paragraphs in boys and girls. Oh boy. Now it got more into like, the day-to-day, like, this is also a great article as a refresher of the optimism this coaching staff have, the goals Coach Tang has for this program. I mean, the more I just read into it, the more I'm just convinced, like, this is the guy. Yeah. This is the guy. We lucked out, ladies and gentlemen. They have this big board in the conference room. They have all the recruiting targets on there. They have names. They have uh, – Facts. They have phone numbers. Like they, it, it, it's well organized. But that's not anything really surprising. And then the article kind of goes into like, like while this CJ Moore was there, like recruits visited and got to see how that interaction went down. It got into these videos. Oh boy! That they showed these recruits, and these videos included like, like there was a video with like a former Baylor player. Davion Mitchell executing a certain play, you know, using the ball screen, that kind of thing to create points. 
And they're like, you know, they, they compared that recruit to Davion Mitchell and how this recruit can play like him and with that can certainly fit into the system. And this video also had like highlights of them and showed them stats and a whole bunch of things. What is interesting about these videos, which of you know the GAs are in charge of putting together, every video they put together takes 15 to 20 hours whoa, whoa. to make. And how many were there at the time? 42. <laughs> I was like, God, this uh, coaching staff is putting everybody to work. <laughs> it is all hands. I've heard, I mean, I, and I won't give any specifics or anything throughout any names, but I've heard stories, 3 a.m. calls for these certain things, people working late hours, like everybody is working right now. <laughs> everybody is busy trying to get this thing rolling. Everybody is working. Um, there was also another part of this article that I really liked. That Coach Tang, his house is like within a mile of campus. So that could be included on uh, unofficial visits. I was like, smart, very smart. Mm. Uh, also, he hasn't unpacked yet. He still has an 80 inch TV sitting on a box in the living room. I'm like, that's a guy that does. That's a guy that doesn't have time for unpacking. He's yeah. recruiting and he's trying to build this team. Yeah. And there's also like a bunch of like um, car tables. Should we? Everywhere. Go f- I was like, man, that reminded me of my childhood. Should we go, uh, Travion? Can you can you get like get campus? On Google Maps, and then go around. Are we try to one figure mile? out where he yeah, lives. Yeah, can we go and just knock on every door. You should go, know more than anybody if you put if you think about it. That's where that true. is, that's true. Let me do some research tonight. We'll walk around door to door and go. You are are you Coach Tang's roommate or are you are you Coach Tang? Uh, okay, no, knock it off the list. I'm down. Travion. Hey man, if I get paid, I, I can no pay. He, no he, pay. He no pay. pay. Thank you, Trey. I, 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 Do I get some oh, bonus radio? Travion, points? don't worry. No, we're not going to send you on this hunt. <laughs> All right, people are going to think you're politicking for somebody, and <laughs> I already know what I'm voting. <laughs> Have you heard the good word about the game? Oh boy! <laughs> oh yeah! Okay, this is working out. Sorry to. Uh, okay, go ahead. And sorry. then you find Coach saying he's like, "Oh, that's my favorite show." <laughs> I was on there one time. The oh. host made me mad, but we're cool now. Yeah. Do you think he still harbors? Nah. Earth? Okay. Nah. He, he has no idea who I am. Thank God. No idea. Um, next pr- press conference we do have, though, I'm going to ask Coach Tang. I was like, hey, I'm the public address announcer. How do you want the, the starting lineup read? Yeah. You want young guys to old guys? You want uh, guards to forwards, forwards oh. to guards? And he's going to be like, man, I like that. I like that he asked me that. And he's going to love you and come on the show every week. But here's where I found uh, a statistic that seems just impossible to me. And I think I've heard this somewhere before, but in the article it says that Scott Drew had this cheat code with developing players, and that's because they have a bunch of GAs. Because GAs, doesn't matter when, they can spend as much time with the players as they want. And so, you know, GAs are going to be in charge of all these drills and all these, you know, of course, not practices, but, you know, like working out and stuff, have them do all these extra stuff. When they're running drills, they can go rebound and they could do whatever is needed. And there's an expectation that each player, each day, on their own time, have to make 500 shots, and not just 500 shots, 
500 shots at game speed. Wow. So that could be either like actually running like, you know, playing a game or whatever, like a scrimmage or whatever, or, you know, just, you know, you have the basketball yourself, you sprint five spots to your right and take a pull-up jumper. Okay, 500 shot, 500 makes a day seems impossible. It's a lot. Oh, my God. I mean, these student athletes sooner or later are going to have to go to class. <laughs> they got, you know, and they got NIL deals. They may have to shoot a commercial, a autograph signing. Too bad. Got to make time for those 500 buckets. <laughs> that, that's, that is an insane number that's to me. That's crazy. That's I, crazy. But you know what? Like, you know, Marquise Noel carries a basketball basically everywhere he goes. You want to talk about a culture you could put in place, starting with a guy like Marquise Noel. He is somebody that wants to get. He wants to be the best basketball player in person he possibly can. I get that from his tweets he puts out there. That is a great person to get all that started with. Yeah, yeah. Marquise Noel is a type who's like five hundred. I'll do a thousand. You know what I mean? Like he's oh, got ump the Andy. He's got that mentality. He's got that dog in him. Just because it can make him better. Yes, and it maybe put him above everybody else. Yes. Makes him stand out a little bit more. I, I just those are the kind of things I love about Marquise Noel mm-hmm. because he will take that as a as a serious challenge, and then he'll go above and beyond. He's the man. Absolutely, he's the man. He absolutely is. I Marquise Noel should be a guy that K State, if it doesn't work out professionally for him, they got to get him here somehow. Absolutely. A GA, I just starting as a GA because. He's already involved in recruiting. Like, he is going to be there for the recruits that come in and is going to build a relationship. They're going to go play some 2K. And I, I wish I could have – I would love to have him, like, in here as, like, a one-on-one interview type of thing just to, like, just kind of just pick his brain a little bit uh-huh. about basketball. And he is he has commented on, on, like, helping out with the recruiting stuff, like, Social media, anyway, it can. When Antoine Davis was here, you know, going out and stuff, and uh, they mentioned in that article, CJ Moore did that there was a you know basketball player that was shown this Davion Mitchell stuff. I was like, well, Davion Mitchell, you know, point guard, you know, six foot six one. Like, who could I compare that to? It, it may may have been Antoine Davis that uh-huh. was there at the time on that visit to uh, to see that tape because they said it was a guard that K-State didn't get so it had to be him yeah I love I love Marquise Noel I wish he was here longer than just this last year and this upcoming season but that that's a future if not working out professionally he's got to be a coach at some time because he already has what it takes to be that kind of guy all right um a quick break when we come back number one song of the day next From 2008, I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. Seven weeks and number one. This one, first of all, 2008 already? It's been a minute. And yeah, this was on fire, man. This song, Katy Perry, was it was uh, all over the place, man. 
Wow. Singer, songwriter, actress, television personality from Santa Barbara, California. She started at 16 years old recording music, but it wasn't this kind of music. It was kind of the opposite, gospel. <laughs> a gospel singer, and then uh, ended up moving out to L.A. when she was 17. Instead of going by her first name and her real name, which was Katie Hudson, still is her real name, uh, she decided to change it up as she's getting into pop music, and her stage name became Katy Perry because that's her mother's maiden name. And Katie, Kate Hudson's already a famous person. Is that the, is Kate Hudson that one name, is that like the two hottest people <laughs> in the world share the same name? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, how could Kate Hudson be shared by two such attractive people? It's amazing. It's amazing. Are you saying Katy Perry is the best looking pop star? No, I'm just saying her and Kate Hudson, they're both Kate Hudson. Fame? Yeah, I'm just oh, saying hot, like, like they're both fame? Kate Hudson, right? So is Kate Hudson the name, like, is that like the hottest same name? You know what I mean? Like... No. So it's like if like Bill Murray, if there's another famous Bill Murray, you, you know what I mean, Travion? You know, like they share like Bill the name. Murray's brother. Yeah. If Bill Murray, if, if there's like one Bill Murray and then another Bill Murray, and they but they shared the name Bill Murray, but they were both like really hot. <laughs> it's just wild to me that Kay Hudson is like that's like you really like, ran with that. Yeah, you lost us with Bill Murray. I, I'm lost hot. too. I'm like. Um, both of them are very attractive people. That's all they I'm are. They are. Uh, Katy Perry has sold over 143 million records worldwide. Jeez. She has. Uh, she has been included in the annual Forbes listing of highest earning women in music from the past decade. Jeez. And uh, she performed at halftime at the Super Bowl. That was the most watched Super Bowl halftime show of all time, thanks to the uh, Left Shark. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Ah, yeah, that was funny. And she's also a judge now on American Idol. She's been doing that since uh, 2018. And did you know this? She is the most followed woman on Twitter. Did not know that. 108 million followers. Jeez. And if you want to see her live, you got to go to Vegas. She's at Resorts World in Las Vegas for a residency. If she goes broke... I won't feel bad because she's 143 million. Yeah, she's Come uh, on. in the last 14 years. She has really done well for herself. Yeah. Six studio albums, 22 top 40 hits. This is her first. This was her first single and first of nine number ones from her second album, One of the Boys. And in this song, Perry dips her toes in the experimental sea. When she kisses a girl after a night of clubbing, she admits to liking it, but it isn't anything meaningful. It's just a kiss. And besides, she has a boyfriend. Just another crazy club night, as it is described. People were not happy with her yeah, after that. There was controversy. It yeah. did spark it uh, for it uh, handling of bi-curious themes. But in retrospect, it is said that this was one of the one of the first pop songs to bring LGBTQ awareness. Right. Uh, in 2008, Billboard announced that this song had officially become the 1,000th number one U.S. single of the rock era. Where this all began was 1955, and a very similar song called Rock Around the Clock <laughs> by Bill Haley in the comments. <laughs> they are literally mirror images of one This is another. basically a cover. 
I Kissed a Girl was performed at the 51st Grammy Awards, which she was nominated for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance, but she lost to Adele's Chasing Pavements. This was the longest running number one by a female artist, having her debut hit at number one since Sierra's Goodies in 2004. (laughs) That also went seven weeks. What? Yep. And uh, this song was recognized as the 10th best-selling single of the 21st century. Damn. That's big, Yeah, I remember when this song came out. I was uh, getting ready to go into my senior year of high school. It was huge. Also, I remember in college, California. Is it California Dream or is that? California Girls? California Girls. Girls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Good job, Trivion. Yeah. I remember that song was a big hit in my house (laughs) in college. (laughs) Because Carrie Perry, Perry's well, a hottie. I mean, she is. And a big ooga, ooga. Yeah. Ooga. I remember uh, as a kid, like, um, being in love with her. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> but we'd have, like, sleep, the guys would have sleepovers and, like, um, where is this going? Well, then, <laughs> well, no. So, like, it, when the California Girls video came out, we'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. We'd, like, watch it. And it's because they couldn't watch it at their house, but we could watch it at my house. Whoa. Like, oh my little risky. Gosh, this is Because so- it had a. Lady Marmalade, like type of uh, that's music right video, right? That's mm-hmm. right, and yeah, it was you know like it's Katy Perry, so she could be pushing the envelope a little bit, you know, and it was like everybody go to Travion's house so we can watch that video. And by then he was like, "Come on, guys, this is you guys are thirsty." Well, man. and you know, being a high school senior, a you know, girl talking about kissing a girl. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you? Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. I was like ending. Kindergarten. Oh, oh my no, 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 God. no! First grade year, going into second grade. Oh year. my God! Yeah, two thousand eight. I. I remember when I first heard this song too, and I was like, "Oh, Ooh. this is interesting." Wow! But this album is really good too. I I gotta ask this tra- because of how Travion is, and oh, nobody gets offended by this question. It's really not that bad in any way. Because of your age, have you ever held and physically opened a Playboy? <laughs> I think the only ones I have were like my dad's I found in the basement. But okay. good for than, you. Yeah, I don't. I've never. Yeah, good for you. No, nope. good for you. So no, but you saw. I mean, I had the internet. So yeah, that's exactly. true. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's well, true. Exactly. I, that's uh, why I asked. Man, the the because there's always one friend who's and Katy Perry videos bun- and your Katy Perry videos the, who had a bunch of them. You know, for sure. You go, oh man, let's go over to Chad's house. His dad's got Playboys. Oh man. Uh, let's see what time is Sheepers, it. You know creepers. what, uh, Travion, you just get us out when we need to get out. Gotcha. Let's just go right on in to a little Ask Us Anything hosted by DG. Hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Go- there we go. Now yeah. You can- hey, man. Today's Ask a K Rocker. Would you rather. Be in an 80s hair metal band or a 90s grunge act. And like it, it's at the height of each's popularity. I saw that earlier today. I was like, this is an easy one for me, even though I love grunge. Sure. When you think rock star, what do you picture? I picture Motley Crue, to be totally exactly. honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I think of Motley Crue. And I, the lives that they lived, the yeah. craziness, they're all still alive somehow. Sure. Uh, Man, that just seems just like an insane ride. Mm-hmm. And I think like like bands also like Metallica also live that life. Right. But they're not grunge. Right. They are thrash metal, and that's not the question. I am I, I I'm definitely going hair metal. 80s hair metal, 
No doubt about it. Also, like, I think their concerts, like, would just be a lot more fun overall. Absolutely. And oh, I do love Foo Fighters. And your behind the music would be better. You know what I mean? You're my, well, it'd be, it'd be more interesting. Burn. There's too much death also involved in grunge. There is a There's lot. There's been a lot of folks that have passed away it's way too young. Dark, dude. Trey? Well, since 70s funk band is not an option, <laughs> I'm going to have to go with um, probably 80s. Yeah. We need some more color in those bands. For so. sure. And even grunge, too, if you think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but, So I'm going to put you in a grunge band. Okay. I want you to like really spice it up though. Okay. <laughs> so like be, smile twice. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay. Would you, because since it's Wednesday, we have to do would you rather, and then of course the computer acting a fool on me. I'm just trying to picture Travion as the guitarist for the Meat Puppets. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm thinking about him as a, a basis for a Mud Honey. Um, <laughs> would you rather have all of your clothes fit perfectly? Or have the most comfortable pillows, blankets, and sheets. And getting into bed would be just heaven. Uh, Let's go with the bed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like a good pillow, good sheets. Clothes every time I'm fat. Um, Would you rather meet your significant other's ex or your significant other meet your ex? I think this one is open and shut and too easy to answer. What's your answer? My significant other meet my ex. That one's too easy for me. Too easy. I do not want to meet that other person. I don't want to. So my current relationship with Lindsay, I have met her ex. Cool guy. She has met my ex. And I don't know what her thoughts are. Not a big deal. I've, I've done both in this current wow. relationship. Wow. Shout out to Lindsay. But even though I'm, I'm totally fine with her ex, no problemo at all. Cool guy. Um, I think I'm, I'm I'm with you because of awkwardness. Yeah. If it had nothing to do with this current relationship, uh, maybe if, if there happened to be one in the future, or even in the go back in the past, sure. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think I'd rather go your direction. Absolutely. Travione. Well, since I'm not in a relationship, I'm like anyone can meet anyone. Ah, <laughs> you're like it's all love. Just wait till you got some water under that bridge, Travion. Uh-huh. Um, hey, would you rather wear a tuxedo every day or a swimsuit? Swimsuit because I can still wear a shirt. Uh, uh, oh! Can I get that one? Get that question one more Would time. Would you rather wear a tuxedo every day or a swimsuit every day? Swimsuit. Hmm. Because tuxedo comes like with a tie, you get choked. I'm, yeah, yeah, that's I, true. I don't oh like my wearing God. ties. I, I, had, I had a whole monologue about that. I don't like wearing ties. I didn't think about that. Okay. Um. Would you rather live all alone in a mansion or crowded apartment with strangers? That's Man- easy. Mansion. Mansion. Come on. All right. We have to stop there because Travion is giving me the stop sign. We got to bounce. Hey, guys. Good show. I had yeah. fun today. We're back tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow and Friday, we're both days out at 530 due to the Royals baseball heading up to the Bronx. Whoa. For Travion, DG, I'm Mitch. We're out. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Cats.